The following audio is from Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. For more information about Morningstar, visit morningstardayton.org. Well, welcome back to our podcast here at Morningstar Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio. I'm Ben Hayes. I'm the associate pastor here at Morningstar, and I'm joined by John Decker, our lead pastor. John, how are you? I'm good, Ben. Good, and man. it's good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. For you sure. were you were gone for like a week um, at chaplain training. I know you had a, a long week there. And how did all that go? Man, it went great. I was able to head down there with a, a sergeant from the police department up here, and we got to spend the whole week together and you know having a background in law enforcement I, a lot of it was kind of there and some of it was coming back and I but I learned a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff from even from the opposite end of it and so man it was it was great it was great being around other chaplains and and uh and, and learning so much I mean I'm eager to be back here now and actually start and engage even more I'm here at the police department. Yeah. So, do you start right away? Or are you are you r- jumping right in? It's funny. I actually started. I read, I've already done ride along that kind of stuff. So, um, but yeah, I'm just I'm. They're waiting to finish up all their hey their um, hey how are we going to do this and their their procedures. And, sure. But officially, I'm I'm on. Yeah. That's awesome. And then we had a huge weekend for you, where I know. Um, from being on the inside and seeing you a little bit, you were a little stressed this weekend. Oh man, I, <laughs> I don't think I've I've been through a lot. I don't think I've ever been that nervous before about anything. Just being the ordination process. I even though you bring your own guys in, you bring your friends, and you bring people who have poured into your life, and you're just like, man, I still you don't know what they're gonna ask. You don't know, am I gonna fail this thing? And you're watching their faces as you're answering questions, and you're like. I'm the dumbest man in the world. You know what I'm yeah. It was, it was great. But it was great. On the other hand, we got the, our church is so loving, man. Our, we have a one, and you know this, we have an yeah, amazing church sure. here and, and the people were so great and it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful weekend. But to go from being gone all week, doing that, come straight home, go right into ordination weekend. That was a lot. It was, it was, it was kind of overwhelming. Yeah. And then we've done some like major projects here at the church yeah. from, um, our new welcome area um, was all kind of getting wrapped up while you were gone, and then once you got back, we f- we kind of finished some of those pieces. But Morningstar is busy. We have had a ton going on. It is, and and what I love, it's not just busy work for busy work. I mean, we're we're being very intentional about mm-hmm. what we're doing, and you guys did an amazing job in that welcome area. Uh, you and Christine and and everybody who came out and helped with that. It looks. It looks awesome, and but again, they're not just projects. We're not just mm-hmm. doing these things. We're doing this because we're we're trying to put everything in excellence and let people know when they show up that they're not just welcome. They're wanted here, and it's almost like we want to be come across as we were expecting you to show up. And right. We wanted you to be here, and that's why I love this. What we're doing here right now. Yeah, we're setting our house for guests to come over. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. that's exactly how we want it to feel. And and we're already seeing that work out in ways where um, people who didn't think they really had a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't really know where to go um, for all kinds of different reasons, whether it's tragedy in life or, mm-hmm. or past mistakes or past decisions. They have, have walked through a ton of things, and they're finding home at Morningstar. And I love when people come who are on fire for Christ. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. But there's just something about when people come who um, are in 
looking for somewhere to go with their brokenness. Right. And we have just had some amazing stories without diving into details of any yeah. of those. But we see it every week, even on Sunday, the amount of connection cards that we are getting turned in every week and the the openness of what they're putting on the back. And I mean, we had one put on there that they, they decided to follow Christ this past Sunday. And that's yes. something we, we just saw as we were going through the cards mm-hmm. um, this morning in our prayer group meeting and, and the others that are being very, just very transparent, man. God is bringing all areas and all spectrums of people to our church and, and friends are bringing friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I love how some of my friends have put it is that save people, save people and found people, find people. And that's what we're seeing that people are engaging their sphere, their friends. And it's awesome to see this happen. I yeah, love it. It is. And, and not, I know we've got, we've got some listeners all over the country. So we've, we've been surprised as we've looked at our our uh, demographics is we've got people all over. So not uh, for those of you who aren't Morningstar people, we, we don't mean to um, to drag on about it, but man, things are just exciting. They and and um, we welcome you to to be a, an extended part of Morningstar through our website and, and through our Facebook page where we post all of our services and those kind of things. Um, but like you said, you, you had your ordination service mm-hmm. This weekend, and some friends um, of yours came in um, from Missouri. Where did everybody come from? So yeah, I basically it's what's awesome is I had the the men that have just poured into my ministry over the years, and just really they believed in the call that God has on my life, and they saw that there, and they just man, I, I, they mean so much to me, and they came in. So we had Dr. Mark Milioni, the president of Baptist Bible College, uh, came in, and he's the one who led the ordination. Uh, Nate Harmon, who's the vice president of BBC, but Nate and I go go back many years and, and really close friends and working with him there at BBC and mm-hmm. and uh, just very very dear friend of mine. And then we had Jason Harmeyer, who yeah. is up here works with Mana and, and is more specifically even Camp Chautauqua over here, just down the road mm-hmm. from where we're at. I, I got hooked up with Jason a few years ago and just man, he he's all about pouring into people. And he's all he about uh, sharpening each other and. Rob Rosenbaum, it was a part of it. And I love Rob. Rob is a really interesting story. Rob was my wife's Mandy. He was her youth pastor. Yeah. Him and Jess were the youth pastors there at Fairfield West Baptist Church uh, when Mandy was growing up. And it was crazy. We never thought that we would be connected in that way. But a few years ago, Rob started uh, inviting me to be a part of Engage Camps and speak. And, and he's just been such a huge encouragement um, through that part of my ministry as well. Right. And Rob's got a huge part in my life. Yeah. yeah. My, a lot of uh, what I know of ministry, I learned from Rob and then, right. and uh, couldn't couldn't uh, say more about what he has poured into my life and what he's done for my family's life too. So yeah. that was cool um, yeah, to, it's, to it's have that as well. A lot of our ministry DNA kind of flows through some of the same people. Even. Yeah. And then Randy Harp, who is the communications director uh, for the Baptist Bible Fellowship, and it was funny as Randy, and when I was in college, uh, Randy wrote me up when I was at Baptist <laughs> Bible College. And I still have the write-up slip for that he wrote me up on like 20 years ago. And he just wrote on the bottom of the write-up slip. He said, John, be smarter than this. And I just thought <laughs> that was so funny. And so we joked about that in the ordination meeting. But he's also one of the smartest men that I know. That's and so funny. just to have those questions come from him. But he was, he's was he been a, just a huge part um, of my life. And and then we had uh, some of the local guys here from our church, which is means a lo- even yes. just so much to me, too. Dan huge. Smith, the chairman of our deacon board. Uh, Lane Metcalf and Jeff uh, Chandler are two men that are on our pastor's council to incorporate them into this as part of our church and say, Hey, yeah. we're sending him out as our, we're ordaining him as our pastor. That's just, it was so special, man. And just close, very dear friends of mine. Yeah, it was awesome. And, and as we kind of talked through 
that idea of friends, that's kind of what we, we landed on of friends are such a, an interesting thing. And I was watching Penelope and Harrison, um, my, my children, love the trolls stuff. Mm. And in the holiday trolls, um, Poppy, the main character, and, and Bridget, the the other main character get into a fight as friends and and branch who's justin timberlake's character he sings this whole entire thing about friends um because he and he takes all these songs and he and he splices them together and and it it starts with friends how many of us have them ones you can depend on and and i think even from children on up to adults friendships um are so important as we've talked about community for the last few weeks Friendships are so important, but real genuine friendships can be so difficult and so rare um, that as we looked at this as as the friends that came in for you, uh, we thought just having a conversation about friendships and, and real life, what that looks like would be a, a good topic for today. Yeah, and you know we're going deep when we're using trolls references, right? Yeah, yeah so we're, for sure. <laughs> that's how deep we are here at Morning Star. Right, yeah. so, but I love, yeah, and... Friends are super important, and, and what I, I, and we all have them. And, and a lot of times, for me and my friends, a lot of our stories incorporate getting getting really deep in trouble or getting other people in trouble sure. with that. Of course. Uh, so when we were in Bible college, we went to uh, a church there in Springfield, and one of my best best friends, Tim Daniels. We would man Sundays. We go to church Sunday morning. We served in church, and we would always, especially in the spring, about this time of year, we would go fishing Sunday afternoons because yeah. it's, it's what I mean. It's fishing. You got to go fishing, right? We went to church. We're going to go fishing. And we would go to this place called the Sack River because the white bass were running up the Sack River. And we would, we would, uh, most of the time make it back in time for church. But this mm. one particular time, like it was, man, the fish were biting like crazy. And the guy who was the youth pastor at the church at the time, he really wanted to go. And so, yeah, of course, we'll, we'll take you. We'll go. And he just was very adamant. He said, I'm brand new. I just, I, you, I got to be back in time for church Sunday yeah. night. I can't miss church Sunday night. And so, oh, yeah, no worries. Of course, we know we're like, yeah, in our minds, we're thinking, yeah, sometimes we make it, sometimes we don't. But yeah, we'll, we'll get you back. We're telling, yeah, we'll get you back. We'll get you back. So what we would do is we'd get in Tim's boat, and we would kind of float down the river and, mm-hmm. and fish. And then when we got down far enough, we'd turn around, and we'd do the trolling motor. We'd troll back upstream and and, and get out. And But this time, we, we went all the way down. And we were just slaying the fish. I mean, we were catching so many of them, and they were biting. It was awesome. It was beautiful day. It's sunny. It's warm. Mm-hmm. And, and we were just doing have a good time. So we start trolling back up while the troll motor dies. It goes out. I think we had like maybe one, maybe two paddles in this John boat. And I don't know if you ever tried to paddle a John boat upstream. Oh my God. I think one of us had to jump in the water. We're trying to push the boat while the other one's paddling it. It was crazy. Well, long story, it ends up, we, we hurry up. We try our best. We get to the truck. We throw the boat in the truck. We are flying back down Highway 13 to get back to Springfield to get to church. And we go straight to the church, and we're all in shorts and T-shirts. We smell like like we've been fishing, and we're absolutely late to church. And this this youth pastor was – and he was definitely dreading having to face. He's like – and he walks in. He's like, I don't care what I'm wearing. I just want to make sure he sees me. The pastor sees, sees me that here. He was there. Because yeah. we totally made him miss almost the entire service, which was great. It was fun for us. Sure. But he was stressing, right? And it it was, we, we got a good laugh out of it. But, anyway, but getting each other in trouble, is, it, I, I laugh about that. But, you know, sharing experiences, I guess, is probably the better way right. to say, right, the more Christian thing to say yeah. about, about friends. So, But yeah. I think any, all of us, if, if we've had friends for any length of time, 
um, have had good moments, bad moments, right. and really funny moments that at the time caused us a lot of stress. Right. But now as we look back, cause us just laughter and, right. and stuff right. like that. And I don't know if Tim listens, but most of it's his fault in yeah. my life. Right. Absolutely. There you go. <laughs> always have a always have a fall guy. You gotta have a fall guy, right. Yeah. So, no. But Tim's great. But I think the the question is as we look at friends, is one, what makes friendships at times so difficult what can make friendships so difficult that there are songs written about friendships that trolls are even commenting mm-hmm. on the right. difficulty of friendships and and isolation as we talked about with community is so rampant right. what makes friendships difficult right well you know michael w smith has the amazing song that every camp sang at the end of yeah. camp friends are friends forever everybody's lo- you know mm-hmm. crying and hugging and it's true but the problem is is when you have friends and we talked about this one week where the realness starts to come out the messiness starts to come out it, it causes most of us like yeah I, I don't want to be a part of that and I think that's one of the part of the biggest stressors on a friendship is is this person willing to stick with me when sure. the real me when when finally the facade and the the act that I put on because I everybody wants to be liked and mm-hmm. whether we all want to admit it or not we all have we all have the face that we try to put on for everybody. Yeah. But you can we can only maintain that for so long. That's why, unfortunately, a lot of times our family gets the real us, and we sure. never work on that. We never let the Holy Spirit work on us and and make us more Christ-like. And that we just we just leave the house and put the face on. And uh, mm-hmm. and but so eventually those things start coming out, or we start breaking through, and that and our and the people around us who we want to be friends they have that choice to make. Do I want to stick with this person or am I, am I willing to endure the messiness and try to grow one another or is it too much for me? So I think really it's two way street. It's yeah. So the mess, the, the difficulty comes from me finally being real about yeah. who I am. The vulnerability. The of vulnerability. That. Absolutely. Opening myself up um, and being transparent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the other hand, the other person having that grace to say I'm broken too. Yeah. And I want to do life with this person. And I think we can both sharpen each other and draw each other closer to Christ. And so that's really what one of the bigger things that's really hard. Right. And I think it, it becomes um, what your friendship is really based around. Sometimes when you look at like high school, you probably had friends that you were really close with. Mm-hmm. And if you asked high school, you, you'd be friends forever. Yeah. We're at, we're together forever. Absolutely. Right. And then, he got a girlfriend, right? And then yeah. you're like, I can't get his attention because right. he's got a girlfriend. <laughs> and and it's, it's as our focus changes and as our stage of life changes, finding friends with, with things in common mm-hmm. um, other than brokenness and messiness because right. we, we all, all have that. Have that. Right. Um, it's really, really easy to watch friendships dissipate mm-hmm. um, as things that, have, that, that we have in common dissipate mm-hmm. and so what i find kind of interesting is even my friendship with you developed really quickly and deeper than some other friendships because of what we had in common right even though location wasn't wasn't one for a long time right yeah i mean distance really doesn't have to have anything to do with it um when when you have two people who are committed to christ committed to one another and and have some things in common i think god gives us those i mean you know you you look at the story of david and jonathan mm-hmm. i mean those guys two totally different classes of people. Jonathan coming from a very upper, very wealthy, noble class. He's the son of the king, right? David, who's the shepherd boy, and yet they still find some commonality in their love and the pursuit of God and and righteousness, even though, man, there was so much going on around them. And what I love is that no matter what was going on around them, nothing could break apart that friendship, even— you know, even his own dad coming, trying to come between the mix. I think there was a bond there that was stronger than all of that. And 
we, we all need to find those friends sure. uh, in our life. Yeah. And I think that's that, that brings me kind of the next question is, okay, we know what makes friends, friendships difficult. And I think anybody that listens is going to resonate with that. That's what makes friends. I mean, we've all experienced that different things that we don't have in common. Uh, when the messiness comes to the surface, some people just walk away. Um, you know, other things being more important. Mm-hmm. Um, I use the joke of the, the girl in high school, but when you're an adult, it's the job or whatever. It's different stuff. But, but the question is, okay, how do I, as an adult, identify and locate friends that are going to be the real, genuine deal that, that I want in friendships? How do, where do you even begin with that? We, we know that to, to have friends, we have to show ourselves friendly. And I think we have to start with us first. Like, mm-hmm. we've got to start with us. And some people walk around, they go, man, I don't have any friends. But they're the most negative, yeah. most down-in-the-mouth people ever, and, and that doesn't attract any other people. So we have to make sure, okay, well, am I a friendly person? Am I willing to engage in those relationships to begin with? And then where do we look? Like, what's the location yeah. of, of the place we're looking? And, you know, the greatest place to look, at least for those of us who are believers, mm-hmm. we look inside the, your church and, right. uh, and look inside the people that God has already brought into your life, the person sitting on the other side of the auditorium from you, the person who might be in a different small group than you right. and actually open yourself up and start talking. Cause the, to be honest with you, most of us, when we walk into church on Sunday um, or whatever day we meet, we have a probably a very small group of people that we may feel comfortable enough to say hi to. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we don't branch out. It's, no. it's, it's just kind of all right, When we go to church, we on time it's the microcosm of how we relate to everybody else outside of church anyway. Sure. Right. And so but the location, the best location to find a man is whoever God's already brought into your spiritual realm, your spiritual sphere of influence that you already have. Seek out some friends there. Now, we don't say, okay, well, outside of church, we can't have friends. No, you can. But the ones yeah. that you're going to allow to speak into your life, right? Mm-hmm. The ones that you're going to allow into the inner circle of your life to say, you have complete access to me to speak truth in my life, even when I maybe don't feel like I, I want to have that to speak love and encouragement to me that, man, we need to find those in, in, within the people of God, within our own sphere that we're, he's already placed us in. Right. So you, you identify who's pursuing the same thing that you are pursuing, right. you know? Right. So as I identify men and, and just people who are trying to follow Christ um, and pursuing Jesus, that is where I look to find my friendships because we're drawing near to the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that that's, for me, that's what I'm pursuing is to be somebody who's following Christ. And so I'm looking for others who are pursuing the same thing mm-hmm. um, so we can pursue that together. Yeah. And what we got to do is we've got to say wants nothing more than to keep our churches he, isolated as individuals. Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about that when we talked about community. Um, he, The last thing he wants to see is a, is a church that has legitimate, genuine friendships mm-hmm. in it. So he tried, He keeps distractions. And, and Brian Moore um, actually had a post today um, on social media. And it was talking about the weapon of mass distraction. Mm-hmm. And, and on the post, it had a, some photos of a, like a whole table full of young people sitting there with phones in their hands and everybody's looking at their phone. And I think so what's, what, what Satan does is not, sometimes it's not that we're not friendly. Sometimes like he just sends distractions, man. Like we got to put the phone down. We've got to engage people. Sure. We've got to put net, turn Netflix off and do all that kind of stuff to engage people, even in the walls of our own, our own gathering when mm-hmm. we gather together um and, and also what you said you're talking about okay well, well where do we find them like what do we do and, and how do you know right and i think what uh in fact talking about rob rob just the other day was talking to me and he's like look the kind of the basis of uh, of that of that friend has got always got to be based in trust and you got can i trust this person to 
engage me with God's word, to engage me when I need to be, um, you know, encouraged, engage me when I need to be maybe corrected. It's kind of a hard word, but honestly, like when I need to be called out um, and they're not going to do it in the wrong way. And I love how Jason Harmar actually puts it. He said, I want people uh, and who can engage my life as, as a friend and I want them to use a scalpel instead of a sledgehammer. Yeah. Right. So because um, the Bible does talk about the wounds of a friend. You know, it's blessed are the wounds of a friend. Like, and, and, um, but sometimes there's some people who they might have the best intentions, but they're coming at you with a sledgehammer and a freight train. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to knock this out. Of, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to straighten you out. But, you know, what we want to do is we want to find friends who are willing to take that scaffold in a loving way as a surgeon, which is going to cut out the cancer, just cut out, mm-hmm. not, not going to do any harm, um, to uh, the healthy parts of, of who we are. And that's what we need to be looking for. And that's also the people we need to be. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's that's what it is. Sometimes it's it's not been modeled well for people. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say more times than not, um, it's not been modeled well for people to how to be um, loving and kind. But at the same time, you'd be a bad friend to see me um, walking towards the edge of a cliff and not say you're going to fall if you keep walking. Right. And in the same way in my spiritual life, you would be a horrible friend to not say, hey, there's some cancer in your life. And mm-hmm. And man, let's figure out together how we can do this. And I think what we've seen a lot of times that either people take that hammer mm-hmm. or right. they'll say, hey, there's some cancer in your life. You need to get a knife and cut that out. And right. nobody that I know is doing surgery on themselves because they don't. nobody knows how to do that. Nobody knows how to do it. And a lot of times we, we definitely, we would never want to do that. Right. Right. And, and uh, the Bible says that we just speak the truth in love. And mm-hmm. we're all, man, if you see somebody messing up, we're all very quick to speak the truth, man. Hey, mm-hmm. you stop that. What in the world are you thinking? But we got to add that love part, and then we have to take that. Okay, what is what does the Bible say? What's it mean by in love? Well, when Jesus said, "The greatest commandment of all time is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself." And then right after that, then he went into the parable of the Good Samaritan, and how the brokenness and the messiness, and yet the physical brokenness and messiness, but yet the Samaritan stooped down and was able to lovingly minister to that person. And so we're going to speak the truth in love. I think that's sometimes it means going and picking that brother up. Mm-hmm. Or that sister up and saying, you know what, this is messy and it, it's hard, but I love you and I, I'm here with you and let me help you. Let me help you by drawing you closer to Christ. And there's a way to do it. Um, and there's a way not to do it. And sure. sometimes we get burned, right? Sometimes yeah. we open ourselves up and we're vulnerable to people and, and they come at us with a sledgehammer. And sometimes you don't know until it happens that that's the kind of reaction that's going to take place. And, you know, then we just move on. But what it's tempting to do is shut ourselves off. And I'm never, I've already been done it. I've been burned. I've had friends burn me. So I'm never going to open myself up again. Sure. And then we just live in isolation. It goes all the way back to what we've been talking about. And that's exactly what Satan, our enemy wants. He wants our churches and the people in our churches living in isolation. Um, and so that's what we have to overcome. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think to uh, not belabor the conversation, but to give real uh, practical application, I think it would be cool to to identify a few practical do's and a few practical don'ts when it comes to um, identifying um, friends. And so I would say this one, the first practical don't when it comes to um, relationships is is don't identify cancer in someone else mm-hmm. and share it with somebody that's not the person that has the cancer. Yeah, it's a, if I went to the doctor and they did x-rays and they found a spot on my lung and the doctor thought it was precancerous, He's not gonna call my neighbor in and say, "I just gotta tell you about John. Like he's got he's got lung cancer." Right. 
because he can't. It's not going to be able to help. He can't do surgery on my neighbor and make a lung cancer go. He's going to call me in. Mm-hmm. He's going to sit me down. Hey, John, look, we got to talk about this, and here's the options, and here's how we can fix that. And so, um, and honestly, that's what we do a lot to one another, and we drag each other down. But the but the Bible talks about hey, we're there. The brother should be there to help lift up the brother and to help um, each other along, and that we don't have to walk this road alone. Um, and I think a lot of times in our churches, we're really good at putting the gloves on and beating each other down instead of grabbing the rope and pulling each other up. Right. And I think that brings me to, to the next don't, the next don't I would say is, is don't walk in isolation. Cause I think when we've been hurt, it's so easy, John, to walk in isolation and to say, I don't need friends. And so I would say, don't say you don't need friends. You're absolutely right. Um, there's this, especially among guys, sometimes this idea of, hey, I, I got this. I can do it on my own. I don't need anybody. I'm an island. I'm a lone wolf. I, but one, we're missing out on the joy of fellowship with one another. We're also missing on the fact that what the Bible says that um, two are good, uh, but a three quarter, a threefold quarter is not easily broken. And this idea that there's strength in numbers. And, and uh, man, we, we've got to wake up and realize that we are better together. Mm-hmm. Right. It's another phrase that we've heard <laughs> from some of our friends that hey, we are better together, that yeah. we can do more together. We can do more for the kingdom together. We can do more for each other together that sure. we don't live in isolation. And I think one of the biggest things is, you know, even in our marriages, one of the, you know, Satan attacks marriages just like he attacks the church. Yeah. He tries to get a husband and wife to live in isolation. Mm-hmm. He tries to get, because we're human, so we're going to hurt our spouse at some point emotionally with things that we say or whatever. And so he tries to get us to shut down and build walls. We do in our marriages exactly how we what we do in church. And mm-hmm. so we've got to also learn, and so this carries over to all kinds of different conversations. We go all kinds of different tangents on we this can. one. But, um, but even in our marriages, I understand that God gave us that spouse to to share that life together the struggles, the joys, the the heartaches, but also the victories and to help one another along and not to be in isolation. Absolutely. And I would say the last don't that I would have is, is don't identify that messiness in somebody and walk away. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So looking at that, sometimes we're like, ah, but we got to realize that if we looked in the mirror, yeah, it's, it's there when we're honest with ourselves and we realize, you know what, here's who I really am. And what we do is we compare ourselves in light of one another instead of comparing ourselves to the glory of who God is. Mm -hmm. And when we realize that, like Isaiah, when he realized the glory of God and he saw him high and lifted up, Isaiah said, I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips. And yes, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, but I've seen the Lord God of hosts. And what it did is it, it affected how he viewed himself and how he viewed others. So if I, if I meet you and if I, instead of judging you based on who I am, I look at you, but I mainly look at me compared to who God is. Your messiness doesn't scare me. Right. It shouldn't. Like you're because I see that man, when I reflect my when I look at myself and my relationship with God, I'm just as messy. And so right. stop turning around and walking away. Stop because like we started this whole thing off looking at the people who are coming into our church that are filling out the cards and being very vulnerable and open. The reason they keep coming right now is that people aren't walking away from that. Yeah. People aren't shying away from that because we are starting, we're at the very beginning stage. We're starting to realize our own brokenness yeah. and realize that just that that exists in everybody else. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to walk away from that. And, and we know who fixes the brokenness. Yeah. And so we don't have to be scared because it's not our job to fix it. Yeah. Cause we can't fix it anyway. Like I, I can't fix you. Mm-hmm. I can't fix anybody. It's gotta be the power of Christ and the grace of God through Christ who engages people where they're at. And when we as a church start doing 
bodily what God says that he is all about. We start mm-hmm. living out that we're not going to walk away and abandon. We want to draw those people to God and to Christ. Then that's when it starts to click. Right. And that's what we're starting to see right now. And that takes us to our first do is, is do take your friends to Jesus. And, yeah. and that goes for your saved friend, those that know Jesus and those that, that maybe have never started that relationship with Christ. Um, when that messiness comes, the answer is Jesus. And mm-hmm. so, um, instead of trying to fix the brokenness and, and that's where things get really crazy mm-hmm. and messy is, is take them to Jesus. Yeah. But we're so scared of having that conversation. We're mm-hmm. so scared of mentioning Jesus. Like we, we have been so conditioned in our country right now, especially in this Westernized American Christianity that like Jesus is a bad word. Like it's, you gotta, you gotta talk around him. You gotta, mm-hmm. yeah, he just come to come to come hang out with our group. And instead of saying, look, Jesus is going to fix your group's not going to fix them. Right. And, right. and your, your, your best intentions, it's got to be that Jesus conversation and understand the power of the Holy Spirit is what does the work. And, yes. but we are so scared about that. Man. So you're right, man, we got to bring them to Jesus. We're actually going to talk about that this week, talking about our sphere and what that mm-hmm. looks like. And what does that mean to actually influence others to Jesus? Right. And so that would bring me again to our next do. And the next do that I would say is do Identify people who are headed where you want to go, have been where you want to go, or are going where you want to go, and identify those people and and step out and making creating relationships with them. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Dave Ramsey, if you've read any of his stuff or listened, done the the Financial Peace uh, University and stuff, he he's very clear. He's like, look, I I was broken financially. And I, but I knew where I wanted to be financially. So he said, I went and found people who were millionaires. Mm-hmm. He said, I didn't go talk to the people who were struggling like me. He's like, I went and talked to the, to find out what they do and how they do it. Cause that's where he wanted to be. And that's where he learned a lot of what we now get the benefit from. And that's what you and I have both done in our ministries as well. I, the, the men who came here and were part of my ordination are men that I look up to as far as like, this is where they've gone in ministry. And that's where, man, I want to be there. I want to be able to reach and impact people like they have. So I've surrounded myself with people who do that. And so, man, surround yourself by people who are on the same path as you or even ahead of you and let them pour into you and be open and be like, be teachable mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. And the final do that I would identify, and there's probably more do's and there's probably more don'ts, oh, yeah. but the, the final do that I would identify is enjoy this God given experience called friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This life is temporary. I mean, we get, if, if we're blessed 70, 80 years and some even more, but some less. And mm-hmm. the fact of the matter is we're going to spend eternity with one another, with believers from all over the world, from all periods of time. And it's going to be forever and forever in this joyous experience of fellowship with Christ, but fellowship with one another. And why not start now? Yeah. Well, enjoy it, man. It's, it's a lot more fun to walk a road with other people than to walk by yourself. Yeah. And it's, and what we talked about two weeks ago, it's, it's a lot more fun to do a job and even if it's messy and it's miserable with other people than to do it by yourself. Right. And so enjoy, surround yourself with godly influences, surround yourself with people that don't know Jesus so that you can impact them. And, uh, yeah, enjoy this journey that God has placed. And Jesus said, he's, I came to give you life and I came to give you life more abundantly. doesn't mean perfect life. It doesn't mean, Hey, you're going to have everything you've ever wanted. What it means right. is I'm going to give you, I want to give you life that's over the top. Right. And and we get to experience that with one another. And how many times in that pursuit is Jesus described through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit by writers 
as a friend mm-hmm. to us. And right. and I think you look at friendship and Jesus is the example of how to be the greatest friend that you can be. He was wronged by by those, but he befriended them anyway. They wanted to be enemy to him and he brought goodness to them. And when their messiness arose, mm-hmm. he didn't walk away. He drew closer and right. he is the example of friendship and he's given us that gift and so to to not take advantage of it is to miss out mm-hmm. on one of the amazing blessings that God's given to us. Yep. Well, until next week. Yep.